When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Three, two, one. Hey, everybody, it's me, the Einstein of Wall Street. We are here with Trade Like Einstein. I am Peter Tuckman, and we're here on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange in the balcony. History is made in this building every single day. Somebody with my long-term experience, I've been here for 137 years, it is my responsibility to help teach you how to navigate this market successfully. Boom! Hello, everybody. It's me, the Einstein of Wall Street from the balcony here at the New York Stock Exchange. This is Trade Like Einstein. Let's talk about markets. Let's talk about trading. Let's talk about investing. No, that's what we usually talk about on this podcast. But today we're going to do something different. We are going to honor the building we're in. We're going to honor the street that we're on. We're going to honor the history that's gone into what gets us to where we are today. We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for all the stuff that happened before us. So we're going to go back. My dates are not exact. The people involved were not perfect. But yesterday we had an amazing ritual here on the floor of the stock exchange. So I'm going to start talking about that. History is a big thing for me. One of the things that brings me joy and inspiration and motivation every time I come into this building on any given day. I'll show up here. I'm like the weatherman. Neither sleet, nor rain, nor whatever, grief, death, whatever it is. I show up here because I love the energy in the room, the history in the room. Everybody's walked these halls from Teddy Roosevelt to DJ Khaled. The history in this room is amazing. We are in the main room of the Stock Exchange. I know you're looking at me. The flag is out there. Behind the flag is actually a statue of George Washington. That's, in fact, where he was inaugurated. Okay? What's his name? Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton, who, of course, I went to high school with, is buried behind Trinity Church, obviously the founding father of finance, Federal Reserve, and the banking system in the United States. That building, Federal Hall, is in fact where the Bill of Rights was signed, the Constitutional Congress was signed, and all that kind of stuff. I know we've heard about it on the play, you know, on Broadway and all that, but the history is significant. The history of the founding fathers of this country, of finance, of business, and now we're going to talk about the industrial that built this country also. That's so much history, so much history that came before us, so much history that brought us to this point in this building, because this building wasn't always here. This building was built in 1903. So what happened before that? Wasn't there trading and business and brokers and all that before 1903? Absolutely. I'm sure trading goes all the way back to the East India Company, trading spices in the Far East. That's what kind of brought the world together. People started traveling by boat, bringing stuff from that country to that country. There was lumber there, spice there, gold there, resources there. And that's what kind of brought the world together. Why would you you're going to travel to go somewhere unless to find things you didn't have where you came from. Trading, investment, brokering, 
history. We're going to go to have a beautiful little history lesson right now. So we're here on the floor of the stock exchange. The history goes back to 1903. Okay. This building was built then. Ceilings gold. This is the place where 3,500 plus equities, stocks that you know, IPOs, companies that are public companies are traded every single day. We've gone over this a number of times. Shopify, we know what that is. Snapchat, we know what that is. Sony, we know what that is. Everything that we use on a daily basis, right? We are the greatest consumer generation in the world. Those things are traded here, but that wasn't always the case. There were not public companies way, way back in time. However, out on this street, we are on the corner of Broad Street and Wall Street, Federal Hall, back in the 1700s, People were still, there was commerce. There were businessmen, right? John D. Rockefeller, the big industrials, J.P. Morgan, Mr. Carnegie, all of those guys that were the industrialists that built this country, whether it was oil, whether it was railroads, whether it was spice, food, commodities, lumber, that's what built this country. That's what makes it one of the greatest countries in the world. However, how did this all start? How did the trading start? Investing, companies and whatnot started out on this street. Okay, people, two people, one at a time, looking at each other. You have a product, I have a product, let's meet, let's trade. I sell you this, I buy that from you, I need it, I sell it over there. I mean, commerce, commerce is an extraordinary thing that brings people together. It probably separated people in a lot of different ways. Talking about monopoly and aggressiveness in business and la la, we're not going to go there right today. So, 1700s, under a tree outside this building called the Buttonwood Tree, People used to trade. Brokers used to come together. They traded for years. I'm not even sure what they traded, but they were trading commodities and stuff. In 1778, this history went on. And obviously, you know, when things contain, contain money, when transactions are about money and business, people get funny about money, right? Money News Network, giddy up, trade with Einstein. I love it. So listen. When we're talking business and we're talking money and we're talking trading, there's right, there's honesty, there's transparency, there's relationship of one person to another. I'm buying, you're selling, where's the honesty, where's the trust, right? So it turns out that that had been going on for years. There were probably good times and there were bad times, right? Depending on how things were, the economy, whether people had money to buy things or there was food availability or the, the look, success, failure, whatever was going on. In 1778, give or take, they created what's called the, the Buttonwood Agreement under the Buttonwood Tree, where they had been trading for decades, okay? It was an agreement between all of the 24 founding members who were the brokers who were there trading uh, with each other every single day. They realized that things were getting a little wild, that the country was growing, commerce was expanding. Globally, in fact, I, as I described, whether it was oil or commodities or railroads or whatever was going on, this country was growing, the Industrial Revolution. I don't know, that was probably in the 1900s, but some serious business was going on in the 1700s. They decided, these 24 founding members of the Buttonwood Agreement decided to write themselves, we're gonna go upstairs after this and take a picture of the actual agreement that lives here at the New York Stock Exchange, signed by the founding 24 members, that you and me, we're going to be trading. We're going to have trust. We're going to have honesty. We're going to have transparency. We are brokers. And the relationship that we have, our, our trust is our bond. Our bond is our trust. What we do together from one person to the next, whether we transact money or not, our word is our bond. What you and I do right here is being documented. It's kind of like the original blockchain. It's a ledger that what we do together, buy and sell, is super important. And we're being stood by this 
Buttonwood Agreement. Okay, let's fast forward a little bit. I think probably in the 1800s, they continued to trade. I believe one of the buildings, another building was built here in the mid-1800s. That was probably the New York Stock and Exchange, I believe it was called. I don't know. The history is kind of fuzzy. We're going to get you Peter Ash, the archivist from New York Stock Exchange, to give you the real, real lowdown. So during the 1800s, there was another building here. They started to have companies go public. And then in 1903, this building was built. It started with one stock, two stocks, three stocks, four. Hey, that's like my song, the stock exchange. And the way the floor of the exchange is today is literally the same way it was in 1903. The opening bell was there. There are photographs of this room from 1903. Opening bell is friggin' identical on this incredible marble podium. And then the way the floor is set up on the outside of the room are brokerage firms. Obviously, we know brokerage firms is the Merrill Lynch's, Smith Barney's, Morgan Stanley's, Wells Fargo's, J.P. Morgan's and whatnot. Those booths are connected to trading desks upstairs, right? Back in the day when I came here with open outcry, it was done by phone. There'd be clerks sitting there. Go to the old movies. You'll see it screaming and yelling. It's absolutely incredible. That's the adrenaline and the fun and the stuff I loved when I came down here. Brokerage firms around the sides in stalls and booths with hundreds of phones connected to trading desks that may be on Broad Street. It may be uptown. It may be in Singapore, wherever those brokerage firms are doing business around the world. And then on the floor, you've got posts. Posts are where market makers think of it like the Farmer's Market on 14th Street, if you're not from New York, any farmer's market, where you've got stalls. Some guy sells fish, cheese, vegetables, and whatnot. Down here, we sell the right to buy. We sell the shares of public companies that may be Madison Square Garden, maybe Snapchat, maybe Berkshire Hathaway, whatever it may be. We've talked about it before, the pizza pie, the slices of the pie, whatever. The way the room is set up, brokerage firms on the outside, and the posts are where the market makers are. That's where all the order flow that comes from around the world, the buyers and sellers, right now it's being done electronically, back in the day it was all being done on paper, came together to the market maker. The market maker is kind of like the pilot of the plane. And me as a broker, I'm like a passenger on that plane. What is the role of the market maker in this incredible business model? He's there to fly the plane. He's there to dampen volatility, to make a smooth and active market. So me as a broker representing a customer, a high wealth individual, an institution, a hedge fund, a retail trader is able to go engage with him, find out where the buyers and sellers are, the bodies are buried, and we interact and trade the same way they did back in 1778. This goes back to eternity. You could probably go back in history to 10,000 BC. People were doing the same thing. I don't know what they were trading, probably rocks and sticks and some funny other stuff, but that's fine. So that's what this building is about. And the history here is extraordinary. So I say all this to say that as much as history changes, it stays the same. The way this room is set up X, the technology, is exactly the way it was in 1903. Brokerage firms around the side, the market makers in the post in the room. I still have to engage them today. I'm, I do it electronically in some ways, although there is a lot of, we are the greatest human element marketplace still in the world, probably only one, the one left. So there are humans here, there are brokers here, there are stocks here, there's stock trading going on here, just as it did out in the 1700s and the 1800s outside. This building's been here for 120 years. The history in this building, the energy and adrenaline that goes on, you can see it. I haven't even had any coffee today, and I'm on fire, right? So, and it all comes, it's just trickling down. The history is coming in through my body to you. Money News Network, trade with Einstein, I love you. So let's go. I want to go back, to, I'm, I'm a big traditionalist, right? I, I have, I'm a bit superstitious, but I'm a big traditionalist in a lot of ways. And I love, I love history and that kind of excites me. So in 
early 1903, they, as with taxi medallions, they released, I believe it's about 1,564 seats on the stock exchange. That is the right, I'm not wearing my badge. My badge is 588. That is a seat. It's not a place where you sit down. It is the right to trade stock on the stock exchange. They issued 1,564, I believe that's around the number, and they've been traded, the, the price of that seat, the access to the right to trade stock on the floor has gone up and down in value over the years. Right before the crash of 29, it was like $25,000 of early, early 19, uh, 20th century money. And then after the crash, it obviously went down. And then during the 40s and 50s, it went up a lot. When I came here in 1985, the price of a seat was about $183,000. That went up to almost $8 million before the company went public in, I don't know when it was, early 2000s, right? Maybe it was in the late 1990s. It doesn't matter. So that's the history. Everybody who has been a broker here, yesterday, we had a ritual that's been going on for 120 years, which is when someone comes down to the floor and they go through the goat that takes many, many years to do it. They take their test. They learn the game. They show their honesty and integrity to the other people on the floor. And a company decides to hire them to be their broker. They have to pass a bunch of tests. And then there's this incredible ritual where you go upstairs and you sign the book. It's kind of like Santa's book. It's absolutely amazing. We had the ritual yesterday. It's been going on for years. It turns out that I signed the book originally on July 7th, 1988, I don't remember 1988. It was an incredible honor. And it's been an honor for 130 years. I remember my parents came down. I got this beautiful citation. I signed it with this big quill pen. It was extraordinary. So what I kind of learned yesterday, which is fun history, which made me think maybe we should have a history lesson today, is over the last 100 and 210 years, I believe, since they were tracking brokers here at the stock exchange, even though the building even wasn't built yet, 30,000 people have signed the book. There have been 30, even though there are only 1,564 seats, it's changed hands. It used to only change hands every 10 to 12 years because it was a job nobody ever wanted to give up because it was like living the dream. Forget about it, right? So over these years, 30,000 people have signed that book. Yesterday, we were upstairs at the first book signing of 2023. We, uh, I forgot, we inaugurated six new brokers, three new women, which doubled the amount of women Look, I know there are only three women now. We have six women. Look, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. There should be 100 women. I agree with you. It's just not the case. There are a lot more women in finance than there used to be for right now, though. There are not that many brokers. We've only got two or three or 400 left down here because of the technology. But doubling the amount of women brokers on the floor was a significant historic event, no doubt. So we all went upstairs. Everybody got to sign the book. The ritual and the tradition was held as it has been for 120 years. We actually had the old books there to look at. That's why I got to see when I signed the book. I thought it was October, but it was July. That's all fine and good. It's a long time ago for me. But we were able to go back and look at the people who signed the book in the in the 1880s. John D. Rockefeller, I saw his signature. Carnegie, J.P. Morgan, all the industrialists of that century had seats on the stock exchange. How incredible was that? I think one of the most significant things I noticed was that penmanship's really gone downhill, right? It looks like we're signing our name with our feet compared to the way these people did it back in the day. It was just beautiful. It was the penmanship. I remember my dad had great penmanship. Anyway, so that ritual still exists, and I love that. That tradition is still here. What I love about this room is the things that we do on a daily basis, even though technology has bled itself into our lives, and I'm not a big fan of that. Some people are. But the traditions of the floor, the traditions of the history of the brokers and the signing of the book, honoring 
honoring the tradition and history that made this building. Alexander Hamilton, I know a lot of people know him from a play on Broadway. He built the banking system in America. He built the Federal Reserve. He built so many things that we don't know about. We know him from the play. We know he was from Haiti. We know he hung out with George Washington. He wanted to fight. George wanted him to write the papers. It was an amazing thing. History is amazing. I haven't read a book since I was eight years old. I just like to hear history. So it's an, and I live it. Every single day I come here, I learn about what goes on there. We're going to learn a lot more. Look, we've got a, we've got a lot of fun times to ha have together. We're going to be having podcasts talking about markets and trading and charting and technical analysis, learning to invest and how to create generational wealth and addressing the retail. We're going to give you everything you want to know. But every couple of weeks, we've got to dip into the history because the history is why we're here, how we got here, and how much we learn from history, especially with markets too. Markets trade around what happened in the past. I don't think that's happening over the last couple of years because COVID is like the other side of crazy town, metaverse and all that, Michigas, it's all good. But at the end of the day, the way things have come along over the generations and generations will affect the way markets move, the way we trade, the history we know. We know it with relationships, with love, with finance, with emotions, it's all look. History's a big deal. So anyway, we're here in this building. The history is extraordinary. What went on on that street back in 1778, where 24 people came together to sign an agreement. Think about the, the prescience that they had to know that money was going to change relationships. Money was going to make funny stuff happen. And if we don't lock it down with some rules and some guidelines, then it's just going to be like cowboys and Indians running wild in the West. And in order to really build a, a trust, our word is our bond. It had to be put in a contract. That contract lives on the seventh floor. We're going to go up and check that out. So look, today is history lesson 101 with Einstein. Trade with Einstein. Money News Network. Nicole Lappin. It's a beautiful thing. You're going to learn about charting, trading, investing, and history. That's all I got to say about that. Hey, George is out there. He was inaugurated there. He's still out in the cold. Alex is across the street buried, and I'm still here checking you guys out. History 101, I'm out of here. Trade Like Einstein is a production of Money News Network. Trade Like Einstein is hosted by the ever-energetic Peter Tuckman. Trade Like Einstein is executive produced by Morgan Lavoy. Thanks so much for listening. Check out moneynewsnetwork.com for more podcasts.